This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden. This is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. Good morning, good morning. Welcome along here to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Andre will be the first voice you hear when you call the show. And the phone numbers, Charlie, are... Yes, I'm listening. Okay, that's good. I just had to get your attention there because you you're, you're daydreaming somewhere. <laughs> 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto area listeners. And then anywhere else in the province, thanks to Moses, it's toll-free. 866 740 4740. Oh, you do that so well. Well, th- speaking of Moses, I, a little plug for his Idea City, mm-hmm. which is coming up in, well, less September, than two months. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's, it's in the uh, middle of, uh, I haven't got the date right off my head. But I want to. Uh, I it was in the fall, though, September usually. No, I don't think so. Oh, you think geez, it's now, o- see, October? No, because we had a memo saying it's less than two months, too. Okay. Yeah. So, I didn't get that. And memo. I haven't got the. But the main thing <laughs> is, the main thing is, folks, drop online to www.ideacityonline.com or just go to the AM740 website. Check this out because 50 speakers are going to be at Kerner Hall. Mm-hmm. I was to it last year, Charlie. Uh, it was amazing. I know. It's really Absolutely full amazing. of ideas. It's just... Hazel McCallion, yeah. Hurricane Hazel, yeah. she's going to be one of the speakers uh, there. She's... They've got the top magician in the world mm-hmm. there. And and uh, it's a gal. Yeah, it's well, it's unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, that's what's so cool about Idea City is that it's all over the map. Oh it's yeah, not a bunch of just academics or or you know. I got I got to get whatever. Moses on here with me. I, you I want, should. I want to, yeah, for your, for your show. I don't well, know. He's not much of a gardener. He's. Told I'm not going to pay him anything to do this. You know. <laughs> no, I won't. I refuse. I don't blame you. But, I think um, he should devote some time. But for, <laughs> on your show, I think it'd be a good idea. Yeah. I just I, I know when I've tried to get him involved in gardening, he laughed at me and said, you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm a, a boy from the concrete jungle of Montreal, and I don't know nothing about gardening. So, uh, But my mantra is to teach him. So well, all right. That's uh, an ongoing thing I've got going on. Okay, now. Speaking of mantras. Yeah, the mantra is call early, call often. One question per call. Exactly. Well, then that's a good mantra because we do sometimes end the show with people on hold. Yeah, yeah. Wanting to get on and ask a question. So happy to hear your questions while we're on air. We're only here for an hour. A couple of quick announcements before we get into some of our calls. Betcha. Uh, Remember, I did mention last week that it is plant sale time of the year. So just to remind everybody, Mm -hmm. next Saturday, the Agent Court Garden Club will be having their spring sale. It's in the morning, Mm -hmm. next Saturday morning, 9 to 12. Lots of plants. Uh, The event is happening at the Knox United Christian Center, which is at Midland and Shepherd Avenue in Scarborough. The Huronia Rose Society is selling roses at a farmer's market in Orillia, uh, both May 8th and 15th, and at the farmer's market in Barrie, starting today 
and also May 8th and 15th and 22nd. So all kinds of great roses to choose from. Go out to the farmer's market, see what they've got. Maybe there's the perfect rose for your garden. Uh, Next Saturday as well, the Markham Civic Centre Atrium will be hosting the North American Native Plant Society's Wildflower Sale. This is a huge sale. It's a very big deal. It's all kinds of amazing native plants. Mm. Something for everyone. Regardless of what the conditions are in your garden, there's something there. If you're anywhere in the Markham area, it's the Markham Civic Center next Saturday all day. And a special one, which is tomorrow, I hadn't mentioned earlier, is the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society. They're sponsoring their second annual plant sale and you're looking at me going well what's the difference between all these societies okay the rock garden and hardy plant society what they are it's their members have these amazing rock gardens with all kinds of unusual little tiny odds and sods of things that grow all over the world in rock gardens and uh so many of the members will have potted up some of these specialty unusual plants and brought them in for sale. Plus, they do have uh, commercially grown interesting varieties. Vendors have been invited for rare and unusual plants. So there's artwork, there's garden supplies, there's all kinds of stuff. This is tomorrow from noon until 4 in the Floral Hall at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which, as you know, is 777 Lawrence Avenue East in Toronto. And by that little flip of the page, does that indicate you're done your announcements now? No, I just wanted to say one more thing. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was too good to let. Yeah, no, go ahead. What, what else you got? You really don't like it when I dominate I the do. microphone. Oh, no. I can tell. You're just you're <laughs> champing to get back. All I wanted to say that I used to have a potted mum, and then I got her to stop drinking. But <laughs> oh, okay. I, was waiting, I was waiting for that. Tomorrow, speaking of potted mums, no, not potted. My mum and I are going up to Midland. You and Dolly are off? Off to Midland to the SPCA Annual Gardener's Gathering Fundraiser. It's to raise money for the local animal shelter. They have a special gardening day. And that was the shelter that burned down a couple of years. I don't know if you remember. So it was just, yeah, Midland was, it was devastated. They lost the shelter for homeless pets, homeless animals. Anyway, that's been an ongoing fundraising thing. And this is, um, I guess, a pretty, pretty fun event. And I've been asked to speak. And my mom's been invited to attend as well because it's her birthday in a couple of days. And my mom, being a Taurus, likes to have her birthday celebrated not just for one day, oh, yeah. but preferably oh. for a week, maybe even the entire month of May, if that could be arranged. Are you shilling for some gifts for listeners <laughs> to send you? No. Frisky, huh? No, no, not at oh, all. Okay. I just think that my frisky mom, who is, in, is still taking her Sierra Sill, oh, as yeah. she's supposed to be, is feeling pretty good and is going to want to, uh, as usual, extend her birthday season. It's just cute. That's an ongoing thing with my mom. She loves parties. Well, and, Speaking of Sierra Sill, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you speak of Sierra Sill, well, as a matter of fact? Have, have you been taking your Sierra Sill? Yes, I have. Feeling good? Yes. Well, yes, indeed. In fact, I've, in the last two months, I've lost 12 pounds wow. doing exercises and all that sort of stuff. And these are exercises you couldn't do before because you uh, couldn't Not to move. that extent. No, honest to God. No, and I'm doing a lot of walking. Good for you. Yeah. Well, for those of you that don't know what Sierra Sill is, um, Sierra Sill is a, a supplement that Frank is taking and my mom is taking and my husband is taking. And uh, it's something that helps with loosening up stiff joints. It's a natural product, too. Yeah, completely natural. It's a mineral in a little capsule form. You take three a day, depending on your body weight. Uh, and uh, every day, 
taking these three a day, within 14 days, you should feel looser and more ease, move more easily. And for gardeners, for walkers, for exercising, for getting dressed in the morning, yeah. as my mom has commented, she feels better. She's feeling stronger, better balance, and it's been very effective for her. So, so how do folks get in touch with the Sierra, Sierra folks? Well, thank you. Good question. <laughs> and now that you mention it, triple W, Sierra Sill, S-I-E-R-R-A. S-I-L dot com for more information or give them a call. one eight seven seven joint 14 Call, talk to some real people and ask some questions and try some. If you're at all stiff, I think you'll find it'll make a big difference. Once again, my mom was once stiff. But, oh, no, that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, anyway. Oh, by the way, uh, my name's Frank Proctor, mm-hmm. and I forgot to introduce myself, which, you know. I think everybody knows you now. <laughs> Do you? oh. You're pretty much famous. Frank. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> the sous well, chef of the garden. See, Gene Stevens got you to say that, so I won't ask for a raise, didn't he? Exactly. Yes, I, I know. was paid big bucks to say that. <laughs> oh, I'll bet you were. Okay. Charlie Dobbin is on the air right through till uh, 10 o'clock, and we are awaiting your call. In fact, we're going to be uh, chatting very shortly to, ta-da, ta-da. oh, hey, it's uh, going to be Pat out there in Brampton. Brampton. Okay. So we'll be back to talk to Pat in just a moment. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, your exclusive source for gardening advice, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Natural Lawn Fertilizer. It is the sous chef of AM740 here in the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. We're saying hi to Pat in Brampton. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Great. Great. Good. Um, I have a question about my crab apple tree. Mm-hmm. We inherited it uh, last year. We haven't been in the house a year yet. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see it in all its beautiful glory that it's in now. Mm. And uh, last year we just went through the problems of all the little crab apples dropping in our deck, making <laughs> a loud noise at night. Yep. <laughs> and the wasps that it attracts when the crab apples are on the ground. Mm-hmm. And the neighbors complain about it. It's a little bit too close to their fence. Mm. And uh, he said the guy who planted it when he warned him that it was going to get too big and the troubles it would cause and so I told them that I would cut it down but now that I'm looking at it it's just stunning and the birds come I have a bird feeder there and the cardinals and blue jays come I hate to cut it down but it is a nuisance all the rest of the time of the year Okay, I like your last comment where you said you hate to cut it down. (laughs) You know why? Okay, it's beautiful when it's blooming which you're currently you know, seeing Yes um, you can't, yes, it, crab apples do set fruit. What we hope is that the birds will take the fruit before they drop on the ground and make all those loud noises. Um, they, yes, you do have to sweep up the fruit. Otherwise, as it starts to rot, the wasps will be attracted to the, the uh, sugar, you know, as it's uh, fermenting. Um, yeah, crab apples can be a little bit messy, but they're great trees, as you've commented, between the birds. And think of the... Just the yeah, the beauty of the flowers. Obviously, you've got the lovely bark in the winter, uh, the the sh- uh, shade that that plant is casting in the summer over your deck. Um, perhaps some pruning might be in order if there's some issues with the neighbor and the neighbors complaining about uh, stuff getting dropped into their yard. Yeah, <laughs> there is no magic bullet to stop a crab apple from blooming. Yeah. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Keep in mind that the way it works is uh, insects pollinate. The, the crab apple flowers to set the fruit. Right. You could theoretically 
drape the entire tree with very fine netting and protect the tree from any insects getting at the flowers mm -hmm. and stop the pollination from occurring and you'd have far less fruit. Okay. But not many people would do that because it's just way too much work. Okay. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. And the plant, at the end of the day, will do a little bit of self-pollination if it's not given an opportunity for cross-pollination. Mm -hmm. So you would still have some fruit, even with draping. But I, I personally am a huge supporter of all trees. If you've got a tree, love it. Work with it. Consider an arborist, or somebody who knows how to properly prune, because crab apples need proper pruning, yeah. to make sure it is pruned for the right shape and health and to minimize the issues with the neighbor. So go to A for Arborist in your yellow pages mm -hmm. and maybe look up somebody who can come and at least give you some suggestions on what they would charge to give the, the pruning required. Don't just go at it with a saw, chopping off limbs. <laughs> okay. yeah, Pat, really how close are you to the property line? I mean, how much of the tree is hanging over your neighbor's yard? Quite a, quite a fair bit. It's about, I guess about 20 or 30 percent of the tree is hanging over there. Uh, hmm. And it gets wide. The natural yeah. form of crab apples is wide. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're not tall, typically. They're only 12, 15, maybe 18 feet tall. But this one's about 20 feet. Yeah, and then they... Oh, so it is about 20 feet, so it's that mature. Yeah. So that, that's, a, like I say, a fairly mature crab apple. And the width it is now is, it's the width, which is probably about 20 feet wide yeah, as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think you should go for uh, uh, Charlie's idea of putting a hairnet over, <laughs> over the tree. I'd drive out to Brampton to see this. Just to see it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's an option. Yeah. My husband's ready just to saw it down, but I'm ready to keep it and just uh, learn to live with it. I'm with you. Well, good luck with that, my love. All right. Thank you so much for your help. Okay. okay. Have a good morning. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pat. We have to, uh, we, you know, I, I, I'm to blame here. I yacked too much right off the top there. And so we have to take a little commercial break before we do anything else, because if we don't have the commercials on the air, our fine sponsors we will no longer be here. Oh my, so, oh, my gosh. Yes, Doreen is patiently waiting. And, Doreen, we will get back to you in just a moment. Southern Ontario, Western New York, wherever you're tuning in, this is your place for everything garden. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Turf Builder Easy Seed. 921 here at AM 740. The Charlie Dobbin Garden Show is on the air. And yes, Charlie? Oh, thank you, Frank. I'm allowed to say something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess I just, so. Just before we go to our next caller, I want to quickly mention, referring to our last caller, Pat and her husband and the frustration with the crabapple tree, there are laws around cutting down trees. Uh -huh. Now, I'm going to have to look up the, the Peel region uh, laws, but certainly in York region and in the city of Toronto, you cannot just randomly cut down trees. It is against the law. In the backyard, though, sometimes people think, and particularly if the neighbor is supporting it, that there's, you know, you can do it and nobody's going to complain. But um, it would, I think it's a good idea. We'll just do a little update next week, unless somebody wants to call with an update on the laws around tree, like healthy tree removal. There you go. We've heard it from the Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> right, right there. Okay. <laughs> the posse's on their way. <laughs> <laughs> we better get to Doreen before she disappears into the ethers there. Uh, good morning, Doreen. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. And how are you this morning? Great. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Except I have a, a jade plant that has lived in my front room window, which faces south, for three years or more, mm -hmm. and done beautifully. But over the last winter, it started to go kind of a more bronzy color than green. Mm -hmm. And the leaves are start underneath. It still 
seems to keep growing, mm-hmm. but the under leaves just curl up and dry and drop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether there's something wrong with it or whether the sun was too strong. That's absolutely right. When you see that bronzy color, uh, and actually it'll be bronzy with usually red on the edges of the leaves. Yes. That means it's too much sun, too intense. too much sun. And uh, perhaps that's kind of an indicator of the the drought we're currently dealing with. We didn't have a lot of cloudy days. We didn't have much snow this winter. We certainly haven't had any rain this spring. So um, there's been a lot of sun. That southern window is obviously bringing a lot of that sun into our homes. And your jade plant is just suffering a little bit for it. Uh, You mentioned three years. Have you transplanted that plant at all or given it new soil at all in that three-year period? No, it hasn't. That's what I would do. Okay. Uh, It may not need a bigger pot. It may be that the pot size is fine. But if you can, I would... Tilt, you know, get out some newspaper, spread it out on the dining room table, lay the plant on its side, slip the pot off, just with your fingers loosen the soil around the roots, and then have some fresh soil handy. You know, scrub the pot. Like I say, if you're going back into the same pot, just give it a scrub so it's nice and clean, and then fresh soil. Get the, the plant back into that pot with some fresh soil, good thorough watering, and put it back in the southern window. Don't be afraid to put it back in that window, but just make sure it's got a little better nutrient, nutrient thing going on with better soil and perhaps a little more consistent watering as we find that these hot, hot, sunny days well, uh, affecting our plants. It, it came in an arrangement with mm-hmm. several, you know, plants. Sure, yeah, a gift planter, yep. It was just a small thing that was a table mm-hmm. thing. But it's just grown in leaps and bounds at this point. Oh, is it still in that gift planter? No, okay. I took it. We took it out, uh, and that's been a couple of years ago. Okay, but it's in a big enough pot. I'm sure yeah. it's it's got uh, the the stem main stems of it mm-hmm. are bigger than well. They're not quite the size of your wrist, but they're getting oh, pretty wow. big. Oh, good, yeah. So it's really gone, grown in leaps and bounds. But I got worried when I saw this bronzy oh, yeah. color, and there's a little wrinkle in the leaves yeah. as well. So the when it gets a little wrinkly like that, your your soil probably is very dry. Okay. So it's time to thoroughly water. And, of course, you've got that saucer below, so water till water goes right through to the saucer and give the plant 10 or 15 minutes to absorb that water back up into the pot. Then but it... It doesn't take a lot of water, does it? Not, I mean, n- normal. How big is the pot it's in right now, roughly? Oh, Six it, inches, eight inches? It's a good, it's about 12 feet or 12 inches across, about a foot across. Oh, so it is a really big pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and it probably stands a good 10 or 12 inches tall as well. That's right. Right, so, to th- and is it a plastic pot or a clay pot? Clay pot. Oh, perfect. So for a... To really thoroughly moisten, I mean, if it's bone dry, to really thoroughly moisten that, you probably need four cups of water. Mm-hmm. And then you leave it alone until it's dry again, just as you have been, which is perfect. Okay, so you just, it, it's sitting in a big jar near too, so mm-hmm. the four cups of water wouldn't hurt if they went through and Not it at all. it up. No, and then, like I say, let the water sit there for 10 or 15 minutes, and if it's still sitting in the jardinier afterwards dump it out if you can. I mean, it's probably pretty heavy to be dumping out, but it all gets um, absorbed in. Well, I was a bit concerned because my husband called you last week about his bougainville. Oh, yes, his bougainville, and, uh, yeah, yeah. this has been in the same, it, they oh, were yeah. in the same window, mm-hmm. and I wondered if that was anything to do with that. 
Well, that's too. right. He was concerned about mealybugs. So do certainly he looked after it and good. it's gone away from the window completely. But I was worried it wasn't close to it, okay. but it was in the same window, and I wondered if there was anything to do with that. Well, keep an eye on that jade plant. You will see mealybug if it does show up on the plant. But it's certainly not one of the favorite plants of the mealybug. Oh well, that's <laughs> so, good to know. <laughs> all right. Okay, thank you very very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Doreen. Have a great day in uh, Georgetown. Thank <clears> you. Let's see you where... have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Uh, let's head up to Midland, what say? Hmm? Helen's on the line. Good morning, Helen. Hello. Good morning. Hi there. I have a question about eastern white pine. Mm-hmm. We have three that are about four to five feet high. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them has been uh, showing some kind of stress or it's changing since last year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the trunk has gone blackish. Uh, there were a lot of ants on it last year. Uh, no candles this year, and the uh, needles are yellowed. So I'm wondering what's happening with it. So that's just the one that you're one out of the three. that's quite pale mm-hmm. and had all kinds of ant action. Had yes. you done any trimming, any limb removal last year? No, no. Okay, so um, typically when we see ants on the trunk of any tree, it's because there are cracks or breaks in the bark and sap is oozing out and the ants are very attracted to that sweet sap and they are racing up the trunk to take some of that sap back to the nest. Mm -hmm. So doing a little up and down thing there. Now, ants themselves are not going to make a home inside a tree, Mm -hmm. but the problem is, is that ants sometimes carry bacteria or fungal diseases, any kind of microorganisms on the outside of their body which that becomes um, dislodged from their body and left behind in the open wound of the tree. So sometimes ants rarely cause the problems, or I should say ants rarely are the problem, but they can cause problems that become a bigger deal ultimately, like diseases and borers that other insects can sometimes get very attracted to these cracks in the bark, etc. Now, white pine... um, First, two things I would do. One is I would look very closely at the bark. I would look for any kind of cracks, any kind of holes um, where woodpeckers might have been pecking. You know what I mean? Like look for anything that indicates that there's an issue going on inside under the bark. Okay. Uh, Whether it's insect issues or it's some kind of damage and then oozing of sap and, and then other problems ensue. When a white pine turns pale... It's not in the urban environment, like in the city cities. It's it's a problem with pollution. Um, white pines are not very uh, well able to withstand serious air, air pollution, mm-hmm. and we do see them decline in the city. They'll grow and grow and grow for ten, twenty, sometimes forty years, and then all of a sudden they'll start turning yellow and die very mm-hmm. quickly. It just takes two or three years, and they start to die. And it, we do put that down to urban stress. Pollution being one of the big ones. Okay. The other thing, it could probably could it be water? Could the plant have had any any water stress over the last few years? Well, uh, two out of the three look good and have mm. uh, new growth and everything on them, and they are very they are close to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. But the third one is a little bit further the away. Is one it? has been kind of funny since last year. Yeah. Since yeah. Okay. Well, it's a little hard to to completely diagnose from afar. Okay. Um, if the bark is has is very, very, very black compared to the others. The others are sort of a gray. silvery gray color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one is looking sort of rough black uh, all the way down, all the branches. Is it is it the natural looking bark, or does it look like there's an actual residue on the outside of the bark? Yeah, almost. 
Because like, yeah, something's going on there with it. Because there is something called sooty mold. So just like it sounds, yes. soot like like black soot, right. and it is a mold. It's a fungus that will grow on the surface of any of the sap. Of plant material, right, and will cause blackening uh, because it, that's what the sooty mold is. It's black, uh, so that can be what's causing the black. If you can rub it off, that's what it is. White pines are interesting though when they're young, very very smooth bark, very gray silver yeah. as you mentioned bark. As they get older, they get very very rough and furrowed and darker with age. Yeah, so no, this one's young. Yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. young. So I, you know what? Not sure. Like I say, it's hard to really diagnose from afar. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody in the Midland area who could, who is a, preferably a certified arborist who knows trees and can come onto your property and diagnose what might be going on, they might say it's too far gone and needs to be replaced, mm-hmm. or there may be something that can be done in terms of controlling. Usually, like I say, it all starts with an insect, holes are formed, sap flows, ants are attracted, molds grow, you know, it just snowballs, so all starting with mold, one insect. If it was a mold or a, a bacteria, would would you uh, spray it, or would you put give it some sort of? Um... If if it's a mold, it's there are fungal fungicides that can control the mold, but right. the problem is it won't control the insect that's causing the holes that's allowing the sap to flow. Right. Right. So you have to go back to what started the sap flowing. Okay. So that's where it, the mold is only an indicator that sap is flowing. It's not an indicator of why. So the sap shouldn't have been flowing. No. Okay. Not if you weren't doing any any pruning. Okay. So that's where again, like it does really come down to see if you can get a an arborist to come onto the property, a certified arborist, somebody who knows tree diseases, or mm-hmm. do a little uh, googling on white pine. I'm not sure if you have uh, just to see what's out there in terms of and do, and Google sooty mold and see what comes up. And there aren't any real borers that I can think of that get white pines are uh, that are attracted to white pines, but mm-hmm. you never know. There, okay. There's all kinds of things out there. I don't know what all. Okay. I try. <laughs> Great. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you, Helen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take Bye. care of uh, yes. Midland. <clears throat> Pardon me, Midland. Yes, I'll be Come in on, Midland just tomorrow. right up there. Um, yeah, phone numbers. i got to remind folks, uh, number one, you're listening to AM740, Zoomer Radio, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, and you can talk to Charlie by calling in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, one 740 740. You wanted to mention something here just before we went to our next call, Charlie? Oh, um, well, you know what? I was just quickly looking into one of my um, publications that I'm carrying with me. I do receive updated information from the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, mm-hmm. Food, and Rural Affairs on the subject of sort of what's going on in the, in the world of gardens and based on timing. There is an insect called a white pine weevil. So weevil is spelled W. E E V I L. Uh, they um, they have emerged this spring early. They have been mating in southern Ontario for the last two weeks on young twigs of pine and spruce. And the tip the, we tell that they're mating when the forsythia are blooming. So in Midland right now, if the yellow forsythia is blooming. The pine weevils are mating. (laughs) So you monitor for these little guys. And uh, it could be um, effective to use even a soap spray to spray the pine if indeed there are weevils mating or laying eggs on these white pines to eliminate these very young weevils before they become a big deal. Because certainly the chewing that they do 
causes the sap to flow, uh-huh. causes go. the ants to, to crawl in, and causes the mold to grow. And another way you can pick off the fact whether they're mating or not is if you hear tiny little violin music and it's very romantic. I was going to say it was crickets. giggling. It's giggling. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. That, boy, she knows everything. She knows everything, this girl. Golly. Okay. Uh, where are we off to next? Oh, yes. Jenny uh, in Oakville. Hi. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good Thank morning. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I have a lovely choke cherry tree about eight or nine years old mm-hmm. uh, in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And the last few years, I'm beginning real these wild shoots coming from the ground, which I go on my hands and knees and cut at ground level. Mm-hmm. But this year, which I haven't cut the grass yet, it's really profuse, and I see all these one-foot growth, growth coming around is getting worse all the time. Hmm. Is there anything I can do to control that? And it's com- just chopping them back, and they keep regrowing. It's coming off the choke cherry, for sure. These are choke cherry uh, suckers that are coming up That's off right. the root, for sure. Um, you know what's the best thing to do? And I know this, you're not going to like this. <laughs> if if any plant sends suckers off the root, so what that is is little stems that shoot up into our lawns and into our neighbors' yards, etc., off the root of our lilacs, sumac, choke cherries. Uh, when those happen. Instead of cutting them off at ground level, because when you cut a single sucker off at ground level, you now get two suckers. Then you cut off your two suckers, you get four, and your four goes, you know, it's an exponential. Instead of cutting off at ground level, whenever you see a sucker, get out a trowel or a shovel, dig down, and find where that sucker is coming from. Find the root that it's growing from and break it off at that point and it will never grow again. Oh, oh. break it down at the root level. Yeah, then. yeah. No cutting. Don't use your cutting tools. Use literally you rip or tear it off the root and it will not grow again. Okay. So if I took if I how about if I just used a sharp knife at the root level? You could. But the trick is get down below soil right, surface. Below. At- Reach it right at the very That's point right. where they meet. You know, if it's in your lawn, it's not such a big deal because, you know, you end up mowing those down. But when they come up in the garden or, like I say, they come up in the neighbor's yard, that's where it's really worth it to just dig down and just eliminate those suckers as soon as you see them instead of just chopping them off at ground level. Because as you've discovered, once you start chopping, you're chopping forever, right, big it time. Right, it gets worse and it's spreading. <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay, thank All you right. very much for your help. You're very and welcome. program. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Bye-bye. You know where we're going now, Charlie? No. Yes, we are. We're going to talk to our agent in Port Colburn. Jimmy is on the line. Our agent. And, yeah, and I know that he's got snails to talk about. So, but before we, we oh, let yes? Jimmy come on the line, because okay. you know how hard it is to get a word in edgewise, <laughs> I do want to just let Jimmy know we got his letter. Yes. Just received his letter today, and it's a lovely letter from Jimmy uh, telling us a little bit about what's going on in his garden. And Jimmy is a huge supporter of Lee Valley Tools, so we'll let him... Tell us a bit about Lee Valley Tools, but please, Jimmy, don't go on too long about Lee Valley Tools until we can get them to be a sponsor of the show. That is right. Don't give away the air stuff. Okay. Jimmy, what's going on? Well, I woke up with no head. <laughs> I'm just kidding around. Um, no, I, I wanted to write a letter to express myself because I can never get on the air. Well, you're on the air now. Okay, Charlie. Uh, you're the best. Both you and Frank. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but out of Lucas Stella for sure. Anyway, um... Uh, yeah, these snails are a pain, aren't they? Well, have you you haven't had a lot of snail problems so far this year, have you? Yeah, but every year they clean me out, and uh, I got the Lee Belly tool catalog that I sent you, and it says there's a beer tray in there. I know, but what so a I'm waste of good beer! About those guys drinking my beer because uh, we both got problems then. <laughs> exactly, me neither. No, I, I don't want to share my beer either. But okay, <laughs> okay. remember, I ask la- you, uh, 
Uh, I guess beer is the only way. Is there any new products on the market or anything? Or? Well, you know what? Scott's EcoSense makes a wonderful snail bait. And on the package, it says very clearly on it, slug. I tried it and last snail. year. And it worked. Didn't it work? No. I guess beer is the only way to go. No, it does work. The, the, way, the way I use it for it to work is I put a little ring of the bait in a, like a donut kind oh, of yeah. a ring around my edible plants. Right. Some plants are more edible than others. Right. And you do that before it rains. Now, remember last year it rained just about every day, so you had to replace the bait yeah, between rain, rainfall. Yeah, I was told that. Okay. So this year, the slugs and snails are not out there much because it's been way too dry. So it's going right. to be a very good year. Yeah, they come out at night the same time I wake up. Well, that's fine, but I bet you if you're out in this, you know, the, like yeah. last night, I, you would have been hard-pressed to see a slug right. or a snail just because of the dry weather we've been having. Anyway, I want to hold you up too long. Uh, I bought those tomato spirals, and you can put cucumbers on them, too. These mm-hmm. are fantastic. I They're bought like 10 of them. Big corkscrews. They'll need Valley tools, yeah. Yeah, good. But, you're uh, you're I secretly get them for a sponsor because I wrote the uh, owners. That's well, good. Hey, that's We're terrific. Thank up you. On that too. Yeah, I, I'm going to make a personal phone call to them. Yeah, and Tom, Jimmy told me to call. <laughs> well, and, uh, uh, Jimmy, just like you, I'm a huge supporter of Lee Valley Tools too. I do many other products are very. Oh, they're the best. They're perfect. Uh, yeah, they make the best quality stuff in the yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, and the designs they search the world for the best products and. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they don't in the mess around. For even the carpentry business. That's true. <laughs> no, that's right. Hardware. Yeah. No, it's good. The, the trick, of course, is how many mortgages can you take out on your house, right? <laughs> it is, right. It's one of those things. That anyway, uh, <laughs> they are number one in the world. Uh, I got their catalogs. So mm-hmm. I won't buy from anybody else. Oh, uh, good for you. Good for you. Clean entire is good and all that stuff, but it's junk compared to what they sell. You know? uh, Jimmy, let's not get into a libel situation right. here, okay? <laughs> well, I, think, I think you've done enough plugging for Lee Valley. Bless your heart. And we really do appreciate your support there in Port yeah, Colburn. Good letter, was it? It was a great letter. Yes, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely you, super. That Wagoner stuff I'm telling you about, it's awesome. <laughs> okay. we got to let you go, Jimmy, because yeah, we're, getting, we're getting late. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank okay, you. you take care, my yeah, friend. You guys. Okay, Bye. thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> it's always always something different with Jimmy. Well, not really. It's always snails. It's 941. <laughs> no, it was upside here. down uh, tomato plant. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Things that's right. Yeah, and Lee Valley, too. Yeah. 941 <laughs> here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, and we shall return in moments. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, here with Charlie, and we're both saying hi to Pat in Whitby. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling about my viburnum bush. Mm-hmm. Are you there? I'm here. What's going oh, on okay. with your viburnum? Um, it's it's about ready to burst into bloom. It's very healthy. It's doing well. I'm, it's yes. got green leaves that are curling up, yeah. like in a t- almost in a tight knot. Uh-huh. I went out this morning and I picked one and I found some fair-sized little black bugs underneath. Good for you. That's perfect. Good eye. Okay, what do I do about that? All right, so I'm I'm not being sarcastic at all when I say that. It's great that you did that because that's exactly what all of us need to do is go visit our gardens, notice the weird stuff, right? Notice the curled leaves, the odd things going on, and then look more closely. What's going on? So you opened up the leaf, you found the little black beetles. They are called viburnum leaf beetles. They are a problem every year. 
more traditionally, they're a problem in late May, early June, but we're so ahead of things this year. We've got such an early spring. It's only May the 1st, and you're experiencing those little guys. They've just hatched, okay? If uh, you had been sort of recognizing that this is, this is a problem, like I say, every spring, one way we can try and make this problem be not as big a problem is we can prune the eggs away before they hatch, because the eggs overwinter right on the twigs. They're, they were there all winter. You just didn't see them because you didn't know to go out and look for them. But um, they did just hatch in the last, like I say, last week or so. They were little raised bumps on the undersides of the one- and two-year-old twigs. So the newest twigs had little bumps, and those were the little bumps that hatched into the little black beetles you're now looking at. So what do you do now? Um, the trick is... If you were to spray a soap solution onto it right now, the soap would only hit the leaves. It wouldn't get to the little bugs because the bugs are curled up inside. Exactly. So the only thing you can do to really control this is to prune out all those curled, those curled leaves, like the twigs with the curled leaves on them, and bag them and get them off the property. Do not let any of those little insects escape from the the prunings. That won't kill the tree. In it or no, the, not the, at all. No. no, but the other thing that you can do is you, you can wait in the next <laughs> few days. Those insects will move from those leaves because they're going to eat all those leaves. They're going to start moving out into the shrub and they're going to just start chewing very quickly and not even bothering to curl the leaves up in the process. And then the insects will be evident to the eye and then you can spray with a simple pyrethrin or soap solution to kill. How do you spell pyrethrin? P-Y-R-E-T-H-R-I-N. Scott's makes a product called Bug Be Gone. Okay, I've used that. Then Bug Be Gone is a, follow the instructions, that will kill this little insect on contact. But you must wait until you can actually contact the insects. So in the meantime, I personally would be would trim out all the curled, uh, the twigs with the curled leaves, and eliminate ninety percent of the insect right away. Okay. The other ten percent are going to chew and move, and you be ready with your spray, and that you'll be doing that, like I say, in the next three or four days. Okay. Keep an eye. So good for you, like I say, good for you for keeping an eye on what's going on, and save that viburnum and get some flowers happening. Yes, thank you so much. You're thank you, welcome. Pat. Thanks for joining us here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And uh, we're going to be visiting one of my favorite little towns in in Ontario, Bob Cajun, in just a couple of moments. I agree with you. It is a beautiful place. But just before we go, I hope anybody else who is listening realizes that what Pat was experiencing in Whitby on her viburnum anybody who has a viburnum is experiencing. And this is a, it's often, people call them snowball bushes. Uh They don't always know that it's properly called a viburnum. So if you have a snowball bush and it gets, uh, loses its leaves Mm. right before your very eyes every year, get out there today and take a look just like Pat did and you will see what she saw, which is those curled leaves because those viburnum leaf beetles have hatched early. So you don't want to lose all the leaves. Stay on top of it and start trimming and get ready with your bug be going to control that. Excellent advice. Excellent yeah, advice, thank my you, dear. Mm. <laughs> ah, yes. I wonder how good you are at picking up a cue. <clears throat> it is 949. Are you feeling ill? Try Sierra Sill. Here 
here's Charlie. You're hilarious. <laughs> well, you're one to talk. It wasn't feeling ill. It was feeling stiff. People that are oh. feeling stiff and, well, that, and, that could, and get, yeah. having trouble getting out of bed or bending down to tie oh. their shoelaces or even, you know, pick, getting that dandelion out picky, of the, picky, the lawn. Picky, picky. If, you're, if you're feeling at all <laughs> stiff or your joints are, are creaky, Sierra Sil can really loosen you up. Uh, my sister-in-law is the latest convert in my family to Sierra Sil, and she told me last night that she's had chronic shoulder pain that has suddenly disappeared. She's not... She's a little hesitant to say it's all the Sierra Sill because she's not quite sure she wants to give Sierra Sill all the credit. But she did admit her chronic shoulder pain has suddenly disappeared. Maybe it's from patting herself on the back too much. Maybe. Do you think that might be? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh, oh, oh. All right. For more information, <laughs> www.sierrasil.com or 1-877-JOINT. 14. Thank you, Charlie Dobbin. Okay, let's get back to our phone lines now. And, uh, yes, Vince in Bob Cajun. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Vince. You guys, you guys are wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> A simple question, Charlie. Uh-huh. Seating. Yes. Vegetables. Yes. How much truth is in it going with the moon? Well. Talk about the full moon, mm-hmm. the new moon. That's right. Okay, the, it's, you bring up a. It's not really a simple question, actually. the The whole idea of seeding by the moon is the question of. To, it's got to do with a movement of water based on the moon. As you know, when we have a full moon, we have our biggest tides because we have the biggest pull on water off the surface of the earth. The theory is is that if you put seeds into the ground during a full moon, because the moon is pulling the water up off, like away from the center of the earth towards the surface, your seeds will have a better chance of germinating because there will be more water present around the seeds. My God, she's got an answer for everything. Okay, <laughs> okay so does that make sense? You're with yeah. me? So with that, the, the pull of the moon, the gravity pulling the water up to the surface of the soil, you do your seeding of your, like put your seeds in the ground then. The theory is, you don't have to actually, the cute part is you can do your seeding at, during the day. You don't have to do it at night no, no, when no. the full moon is shining. Some people think you have to go out at night. No, no, no. You can actually go, but the point is, is you do it when the full moon is, is due and, the, and you're... Uh, percentage of germination should be higher. Yeah, so. and, and then you put on the full moon and the, the, the progression of it. That, well, that's right. So that it's as the, the we're, well, you want to put your seeds in the ground at a peak full moon yes. for the seeds to germinate properly. Very good, Charlie. All right, there's the answer to that question. Thank, thank, <laughs> Thanks for it. Though that's a great one. <laughs> Take care of Bob Cajun for us, Vince. Okay. I sure will. It's a, one, a wonderful part of the country. You yeah, bet it you're is. You're lucky to live there. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Frank. Take care, Charlie. Have a good day. You, you bet. Too. You Bye-bye. bet. Uh, you are listening to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM 740. In fact, it is the only garden show on the radio. In Tirana. Not to mention yeah. the only garden show in the whole world with a sous chef. Well, yes. <laughs> you pay me handsomely for that I was job, I can say. tell you. Uh, let me see. Lois in Toronto. Oh, we'll be on the air in just a moment after these words. When you have a growing concern, ask the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Scott's Wild Bird Food. 
And uh, here we are on a, a Saturday morning that is pretty darn nice. May Day. Yes. Oh, it is. It the first is. time. I- yes. yes. Happy May Day. And the same to Lois, who is calling in from Toronto. <laughs> Hi, Lois. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, I, uh, it was good to hear Bob Cajun, because that's where I was originally from. Oh, oh is that right? Yeah, great spot. Beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, is it too soon to start fertilizing cedar hedges and rhododendrons? Uh, in Toronto, no. The The rule of thumb and how you'll know when it's time to fertilize is when the plant is actively growing. Right. So when you're, are your rhododendrons blooming or ready to bloom? My, uh, the, I see some buds. Okay, yeah, the buds. And have they started to crack open? Are you seeing any no, color? not quite. Not quite. So wait until those buds start to crack open. You start to see a little bit of color okay. on the rhododendrons. Okay. And then will be your perfect time to feed your rhodos with rhododendron food. Right? Very special fertilizer for them. Oh, and not the 301010. Uh, which is your evergreen food. No. Save your 301010 for your cedar hedge. Okay. And purchase some very specific fertilizer. It'll say it's for rhododendrons okay. and azaleas, or it might say it's for acid loving plants. Okay. Which is what rhodos are. All right. All right. But you could definitely, at that same time, at, start fertilizing your cedar hedge with the 301010. As soon as you start to see that flush of growth, that new bright green foliage starts to emerge, then is the time to, uh, to get onto the very hedge good. as well. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye thank now. you for calling and uh, keeping us busy here while keeping Charlie busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I just sit here and listen. Yeah, um, you're just doing crossword oh, puzzles, uh, I think. Uh, no, I, I didn't want you to tell them Writing that. song li- lyrics. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> Catherine in North York. Have we got yes, I, we have got time. Uh, hi, Catherine. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for taking my call. Uh, again, rhododendrons. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I had one planted uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. It bloomed uh, last year. This year, and of course the dryness that we have, um, at the top, the leaves are curled mm-hmm. and look didn't look as if it was going to survive. I took a small piece mm-hmm. to the um, nursery that's close by where I bought it. It's a large landscaper. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, well, look, this is alive. It's still alive from mm-hmm. the look of the stem. Mm-hmm. So um, just bear with it. However, that was a month ago, and it isn't looking any better. And in fact, it is looking Worse, sparse. Yep. You know, it doesn't <clears throat> look full of the shrub as it did. Okay. So I'm just wondering, should I dig it up and take it back to them because it's still up under warranty. warranty. Oh, okay. Mm. So that's a good point. If it's under warranty uh, and you think you're going to want to replace it, then do so now. Okay. Because rhododendrons are only available in the stores in the spring. Ah. Because they bloom in the spring and that's when people buy them. By July and August, you won't find a rhododendron in any store. I so see. you're absolutely right. Do it now. But a couple of points just to keep in mind for, for the new one you're going to bring home. Yes. When you're planting it, make sure you've got lots of peat moss mixed in with your soil. So we like a really peaty soil for the rhododendrons. Right. Ensure that it's going into a location where it's going to get a little bit of morning dappled sun, but no hot afternoon sun. Right. Well, it's under my evergreens at the front. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, you would know who planted it, so it was well planted. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> and so, and it's get so they're going into so they're getting lots and lots of um, under the evergreen is perfect and the, and water. 
So this year we haven't had any water. So water, water, water once they're planted. Right. Throughout the summer, if we don't have water, you know, rain, keep watering. And even under the evergreens, right? Remember, the, the evergreens are going to shed the water, so you got to get under there with your hose. Okay. As fall and winter are coming, yeah. keep your hose hooked up. Water like crazy as we go into winter. Uh, Make well, sure that soil is very, very wet before it freezes. I see. Well, now one last question: mm-hmm. If if I were not to replace it with the same thing, it's an uh, it's an Olga something or other. Oh, he- yeah, Helga, Olga. I know which one you mean. Mesnet okay. or something. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would suggest instead of of it? Because I, you know, that particular rhododendron doesn't have the gorgeous flowers that some of the rhododendrons do. Yeah, so you know what, Catherine, what I would do is, um, if you're going to replace and you want to keep it a little simpler, go with one called PJM, the letters PJM. PJM. Pajamas. Pajamas. Mm. And go with that one, and you know what, we got to go because our show's over now, but thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Try the PJM, I think you'll find it's a little tougher and easier to grow. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a great day, and thank you for calling the Charlie Dobbin Show, which is now grinding to a halt. Grinding. (laughs) Grinding to a halt. (laughs) As the next show goes. Oh, we go out of the station yes. and you come into the station. We have the news with Bob Shepard. Yes. And then I come back with uh, Live in the City. And boy, have I got some interesting people to talk to. We're going to hear all about the Toronto Freedom Festival, which is on today. Cool. Also, coming up this summer, yes. the Toronto Jazz Festival. And, meets, and I'm yeah. going to have the artistic director, Josh Grossman, on the oh, line with talk us. A and bit talk about Oh, that. yeah. All sorts of stuff oh, coming up. You're so cool. Oh, and good music, too. I, not to mention. <laughs> yes. Well, you have a wonderful show and week, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for all your super. Sue Sheffiness. Well, <laughs> I love that. Thank you very much, Charlie. And Andre, thank Thanks. you, my friend. Oh, Andre, you've been great. We'll see you next week. And I'll see everybody next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.